Day, and welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've decided to join us today. There continues to be a lot of good and bad news in Michigan when it comes to the pandemic. As of yesterday, everyone 16 and older can now sign up for a COVID vaccine, and the rate of getting people vaccinated continues to pick up. But it's now a race between how fast we can get people immunized and how fast the virus seems to be spreading again. State health officials say one thing that is fueling this new surge in cases and hospitalizations is an influx of new variants of the virus here in Michigan. And these variants appear to spread faster and can cause more serious disease. But does Michigan have a variant problem that's worse than what we're seeing in other states? Figuring out what the data tell us is more complex than you might think. And that is where we want to begin today's conversation with someone to help us make sense of what's happening in Michigan. And we've got someone with us who helps sequence these new variants uh, in in the, our state. Uh, Adam Loring is Associate Professor of Microbiology and Immunology and Infectious Diseases at the University of Michigan's Medical School. Adam, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, thank you for having me. So first, let's update uh, listeners about what we know and what we don't know at this point about these new variants. Sure. There's, um, uh, as we know, um, as you said at the outset, there's a number of variants that are now in the United States. And uh, uh, in Michigan, uh, we've had uh, a significant number of cases with one variant called B117, which is called also known as the UK variant, because that's where it was first identified. But then more recently, um, you know, uh, other variants have been identified that are um, concerning as well. And each of these variants has kind of different different biology. They behave in different ways. Uh, and uh, are concerning for different reasons. But the, the main one that's going on in Michigan right now um, is uh, this B117 variant. And talk about how virulent that variant is. What is, what is the, the, the spread of that variant versus the non-variant, I guess, COVID? Sure. Yeah. So uh, this variant, uh, again, was, was found in the United Kingdom, um, you know, in late fall, and it uh, was quickly recognized uh, that it it appears to be to spread faster, so it's more contagious or transmits better uh, from person to person, and so it'll spread more rapidly. Um, and this it's sort of outcompeted uh, the other viruses that were around in the United Kingdom over November, December, and January. And uh, the data suggests that yeah, it does spread um, probably 50% better. Um, than uh, the non-variant uh, uh, virus. And then, uh, so right on the face of it, that uh, means that you're going to have more cases um, and that you're also, uh, when you have more cases, you're going to have more people who are going to get you know, really sick and you're going to have more people in the hospital. Um, so that was concerning. And then, you know, over the last month or two, there's been more data that's come out largely from uh, the United Kingdom experience that indicates that this variant probably is also 
uh, causes a little bit more severe disease um, than uh, uh, non-variant uh, viruses. Mm-hmm. So it's concerning for two reasons then. And and talk about the challenge, I guess, that variants like this pose to the things that we've already learned about a disease like COVID. One of the, I guess, bright spots of the last 12 months, I think, has has been the the ability to fight the disease and keep it from being fatal in, in as many cases as, as it was early on. When you get a variant like this, does it does it necessarily require you to kind of throw everything out the window and start over, or is it even um, you know is it even possible to to apply I guess any of the things that we're doing now uh, to these these new these new strains? Yeah, I think that's that's a really important question and point. Is uh, the 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 things we learned about. SARS-CoV-2 and COVID, uh, since the beginning of uh, the pandemic, still largely apply here. And so uh, it's important to, you know, things like masking and physical distancing and reduced gathering sizes make a difference uh, for the variants, um, just as they do for the, vir- the non-variant viruses. I think the, the lesson or the important thing to think about with the variants is if it spreads that much better, we have to be that much better at all these measures um, to reduce its spread. Uh, then uh, the other um, part of the, the question is dealing with treatment and vaccines. Um, and it appears that the, the B117, the UK variant, uh, it appears that our vaccines um, should work just as well with it. Um, there's accumulating uh, lots of data um, to that effect. So vaccines are going to be very important here. Um, some of our treatments uh, should still work um, against this B117 variant. Some of the other variants that we've been hearing about in the news, the, quote, Brazilian variant or the South African variant, they, the vaccines still appear to work, but they may not work quite as well as they do against the non-variant viruses and similar to some of our treatments um, for these other variants that um, we're starting to hear about more in the news. But, um, you know, I think you know, for the B117, uh, it's the same things we've known about COVID for some time. We just have to be better at applying these measures to, you know, prevent the spread and also um, keep people from getting sick. Mm. I'm talking with Adam Loring, Associate Professor of Microbiology and Immunology and Infectious Diseases at the University of Michigan Medical School. We're talking about whether Michigan has a particular problem with the new variants that we are encountering of COVID-19. We're talking about what things we ought to be thinking about and doing to deal with those variants and how they interact with both the things we've learned about how to fight COVID-19 and the new surge in vaccinations. We are really starting to pick up here in Michigan, the number of people who uh, who are getting shots to protect them from COVID-19. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us how concerned you are about these new variants of the novel coronavirus. Are you taking extra precautions because of these new strains? And how is that interacting with your thinking about getting back, quote unquote, to the world as we used to know it? Does it make you hesitate a bit to go to restaurants or bars or other gatherings? Uh, does, it, uh, does it mean that uh, you're a little more 
eager to get the vaccination against COVID-19. Um, and also give us a sense about what it does to your confidence that we'll ever get to a day when we're just not as worried about these things as we are right now. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll, try to, we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Adam, your lab uploads the second most data on these new variants in Michigan behind the state uh, itself. Uh, I, I wonder if you can kind of put in layman's terms how the sequencing done in here in Michigan is done, um, and how does that affect our ability to capture a clear picture of what's going on with the with these variants? Yeah, so I think uh, there's been you know some talks for the last couple of months about how the U.S. needs to do more sequencing, um, which is important for tracking these variants and and how they spread. Uh, we wouldn't have learned about these variants if someone hadn't been sequencing them in the first place, and so uh, you know that it's clearly an important part of our public health response. Um, you know, and all the bad news, uh, you know, about how the U.S. needs to do more sequencing or we're not doing enough. Uh, Michigan's been a little bit of a bright spot, I might say, that that um, the state lab has done, has been a real leader um, in this area. And then we've contributed um, as well that uh, Michigan um, sequences more than most other states in the country. Um, so the state lab will uh, sequence, uh, has kind of two mandates. One is to uh, you know, sequence broadly as part of surveillance, so to kind of sample viruses from around the state um, to get a sense of what's going on uh, in counties and regions uh, and what, you know, viruses are circulating. Uh, and then the other thing the state lab will do is kind of respond to outbreaks. And so uh, they will uh, help inform, uh, you know, the response to, you know, outbreaks um, wherever they happen. And sequencing can help do that because it helps uh, tell you which cases, which individuals are linked to each other um, and help you kind of understand the contact network and, and what to do about it. Mm. And so, uh, and then uh, my lab has been contributing since fall. Uh, uh, we're funded by the CDC to do sequencing, um, you know, in our area. And so we've been, uh, you know, sequencing kind of a broad sample um, collecting uh, viruses uh, from people who get tested um, at uh, you know within the University of Michigan health system, um, and so we are able to capture those viruses and sequence them, which gives us a pretty good sense of what's going on in Washington County and probably you know surrounding areas, um, you know based on you know the people who get their care um, at Michigan Medicine. And so it's a little bit different in terms of which viruses are sampled uh, and and what what that data tells you. Mm. Um, and all told, my lab's probably done about a third of uh, the Michigan sequences and our uh, fantastic state lab has done uh, about two thirds and it's about 10,000 sequences total from Michigan um, that have been uh, done since the beginning of the pandemic. So I also want to get you to address the, the, the question of why Michigan yeah. is experiencing this differently than other than other states, there's a lot of speculation about number one how quickly 
we relaxed restrictions in this state. They all kind of fell at one time, and people kind of rushed, I think, back to, to, to things after you know a long time being cooped up. Uh, we also haven't haven't been as as effective in getting the the vaccination uh, distributed as as some other states. Uh, we still, I think, rank in the mid thirties uh, nationally that way. Are 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 those things we can look to and and say, well, this is why we're having a problem, or is it more complicated than that? Yeah, like I, I think like most things COVID related, it's complicated. Uh, uh, I, I think everything you said is true. Um, uh, that we, you know, if you open up, um, you're, there's going to be opportunities for the virus, whatever virus is out there. Um, and uh, it's particularly, you know, fertile ground for a variant that spreads quicker. Um, and so uh, that's going to be an issue. Um, clearly, you know, getting vaccines into as many people as we can. Um, is another important issue. And then, um, as we discussed earlier, um, with a variant that spreads quicker or spreads better, we need to be a lot better at everything we do. And so we need to be better at contact tracing. We need to be better at you know, wearing masks and physical distancing. And we need to be better at vaccinating um, because it, the bar gets higher as the virus um, is better at transmitting. And so um, it's a situation where um, if we want to get control, we need to double down on all these efforts um, as best we can, um, even though it's, you know, of course, very challenging mm-hmm. um, this far into the pandemic to be doubling down um, if we want to get you know, control of the situation. That's ultimately what we're going to have to do, um, mm-hmm. all these measures and, and do it, do it better. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Call. Tell us how you are doing, making sense of these new COVID variants and uh, uh, the response to them, how worried you might be uh, about uh, getting a vaccination, maybe more worried about getting a vaccination because of these variants. Uh, You can also go to Facebook and Twitter, put comments there. We'll try to work you into the conversation. Let's go to Adrian in Detroit. Adrian, what's on your mind? Well, good morning. Thank you for your show. Uh And I thank you for your visitor. Uh, your guest, because I have done all I could as a lay person to explain to people why this virus needs to survive. It's outsmarting us mm. and it's saying, I'm changing. And if you don't ch- find a way to protect yourself, I will keep transmitting and mutating myself. But your guest has put it in so layman terms that anyone can understand when they have questions. If everyone's taking a vaccine, how can we beat this virus? I thank you for your show, and anyone that I know, I, I text them and say, please listen to 101.9, <laughs> because he's making it simple for anyone to understand why we're still fighting this virus over a year later. Yeah, uh, Adrian, I, I really do appreciate the, the call and, of course, the compliments that you give to us here at WDET. We really are trying and have been trying throughout the pandemic, especially to focus on information about truth uh, and getting people the knowledge that they need to to survive. And, and I love that you used that word because I think that is what uh, we're all really, really focused on. Um, and I, I wonder if you can talk about her observation about the virus trying to survive and 
change, to to fight us in new ways, even as we come up with uh, uh, with with remedies or or cures for COVID nineteen. H- how worried should we be about what might come next? Are these variants, I guess, a preview of even more dangerous things that this virus might do in the future? Yeah, I think I think it's an excellent point. I think. The, the, what I'd like to throw in is we can do something about it. I, what I worry about sometimes in discussions that I hear about variants is like, oh, this is going to happen. Oh, the variants are doing this, they're doing that. We actually have agency here, um, and we can um, you know get control of the situation. And uh, what your what your uh, listener you know was saying was right. The virus is going to find a way. It's going to find people who aren't immune and it's going to infect them um, uh, sooner or later. Uh, and so, and every time it infects and makes more of itself, it's going to have an opportunity to make mutations and change. And so the best thing we can do is try to reduce the number of people who get infected so the virus doesn't have chances to make new mutations. I think that I heard it best from uh, Dr. Fauci who said if you get if you get vaccinated you're you're a dead end for that virus they can't make any more viruses so uh, go be a dead ender mm. uh, and uh, you know get vaccinated and then do all the other things we know um, to prevent its spread because ultimately that'll pay off down the road is giving the virus less chance to mutate less chance to develop new variants um, that could be problematic in the future mm. uh, and before we end the segment I I want to get you to talk a little about the immediate future, the spring and the summer. I, I think there are a lot of people who are really excited about the vaccine and the possibility of life uh, the way we used to know it, especially in the spring uh, and the summer. Last summer, we did see uh, the virus kind of subside a bit because of the warmer weather, I think, was part of the part of the equation there. Will this be a, uh, likely a better spring and summer uh, for for dealing with COVID than last year, or do these new variants really uh, threaten that that recovery? Do they threaten the idea that we will uh, be able to enjoy things uh, as much as we might might want to? Yeah, I, I I'll tell I'll, right off the bat I'll tell you I'm, I've been pretty terrible at predicting the future. <laughs> uh, from the beginning of the pandemic, I've often heard on being overly optimistic. I, I, so, I, but I do, I do think it'll be better this summer than than last summer. Um, I, you know, we've learned so much more. We're going to have so much more vaccine out there and people um, that I think that's going to make a difference. Um, but I think the the really challenging thing is we've kind of we've seen the light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, in some ways, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves in, um, you know, thinking we're done with this. And so, uh, you know, that it's, I think what everyone is saying is correct. The next few months are going to be key. And, and how well we do with the vaccine rollout, how we get vaccine into people, how we convince people who are hesitant to get the vaccine to, to go get vaccinated. And how until we get enough vaccine out there, you know, that we need still pay attention to all these other things. The vaccine isn't everything. 
um, we need a belt and suspenders sort of approach here to mm. kind of deploy all our measures to get control. And then I think we can get there. I think we can have a better summer. And I think we can even head into the fall um, in a much better place uh, if we do all these things. Okay. Adam Loring, Associate Professor of Microbiology and Immunology and Infectious Diseases at the University of Michigan Medical School. It was really great to have you here with us. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to change subjects. I'm going to talk with civil rights lawyer Jim Freeman about his book, Rich Thanks to Racism, How the Ultra-Wealthy Profit from Racial Injustice. Really provocative title, really provocative book. I think we're going to have a really provocative conversation as well. Stay tuned for more Detroit Today. Detroit Today.